0: I'm Charlie Taylor. I'm Ben Carter. I head up Hip Hop by the Numbers on Twitter, where we use hip hop statistics to highlight the bigger picture. And
1: I'm director of the Fifth Element, where I highlight the fifth element of hip hop, which is knowledge. And once upon a time, not long ago, there was a podcast named Digging in Digits.
0: Snapping on these. Good morning, snapping man. On these. Hi, good. man,
1: I'm good after that. I'm good I after am, that. I'm spazzing on these, i am on a hot streak. Oh man. I love <laughs> that so much. I am on a whole streak. How is life?
0: Yeah, it's not bad, man. It's not bad. How about yours? Um, yeah,
1: it's been a long week, I will admit. Um it's just been I don't know. A lot of stuff to think about, but you know, it's just on the it's nearly a new week and uh ready to get into that. So, yeah, always moving forward
0: as usual. That's good, man. That's good. Hey, you know, before we start, I just want to thank everyone who actually listens to this podcast. I was thinking about this yesterday and like we've almost hit 3,000 listens now. Man, if you're listening right now, thank you so much. We really freaking appreciate it. Like it's rare to actually have people listen to you speak and people say to me, you know, we really like the podcast, enjoy listening to it. So give yourself a freaking round of applause right now because we really appreciate that. That's that's really valuable. And we appreciate that. That's amazing. Thank you.
1: Yeah, for real. Um we're well, I've already teased on what's good a couple of times, but podcast number three under the five EPN is uh is on the way and you know, just uh having these two and the uh and the feedback I've gotten from both is uh is rewarding. So, uh, you know, it's uh, it's always good to uh, have people enjoy it and, you know, people talk about it. So, uh, yeah, man, it's, it's, it's all good. It's all good. And uh, uh, likewise to what Ben said, you know, pay yourselves on the back. Pay yourselves on the back for spending an hour of your week with us every every week. So, uh, we highly appreciate that. Much love. <laughs> all
0: right. So, what have we been listening to? What have you been listening to?
1: Boy, I listened to it a lot. I'm not going to okay. lie to you. It's actually been a stacked week. Okay. I think, uh, yeah, I've listened to... One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I've listened to Whoa. ten this week, and I actually missed out on eleventh, uh, which is which is unfortunate. But uh, yeah, man, ten—that's that's, got to be a weak record for me. Okay. Um, but yeah, let's get into what I listened to. So, uh, started off with uh, that new little brother dropped ah, on Tuesday. I yeah. Would you just like out of nowhere? How'd you like? Uh, may the May the Lord watch. <sighs> it's Just. Classic little brother bros. Ah, it's just yeah. little brother vibes. Yeah. Uh, the U- UBN network is back in back in uh, back in fashion. Uh, this is great. Fun skits. Uh, just uh, yeah, man. It's just yeah. Big up Big Poo and, uh, and Fonte. They're still doing their things. Uh, still on top of the game. And uh, yeah, man. It's just uh, it's good to have him back. It's good to have him back. So. It's been a long time coming. Um, I would have liked, you know, just Ninth Wonder being there, but, you know, it's, it's the, the production itself was fine. It was great. Uh, you know, it's the same high quality. Uh, so, you know, it wasn't really... I don't want to say they mi- they didn't miss, you know, Ninth Wonder, because that's disrespect to the goat right there. Mm. But, you know, it's, it's okay. Um, uh, so a couple of EPs I'll just list off right quick. Uh, Junior State, Levitate. Uh, uh the Amours mon Amour, uh Barney artist, uh, bikes are bikes and uh obviously the big the more bigger one, uh, Miss Yellett's iconology. Ah yeah. Uh Junior State's Levitate was good. It was uh very um it was distributed under the Good People Chuh Records and uh, you know as uh it was, it was a very good EP. I, I finally enjoyed that. I'm going to start doing that more often uh, when they drop projects. Uh, I'm going to continue to listen to those because they're just really high quality, uh, chill hop, low fire, you know, you know that vibe. The Amours Mon Amour was actually uh, recommended by a friend, shout out to Caroline, uh, dropping that. So just uh, two women. It's kind of in the same vibe of, um, well, actually it's in the same, uh, uh, I guess, uh, casing of like, you know, the Chloe and Halleys, the ocean and the, uh, uh, Van Jess there's like two there's is, is like an influx of um, two uh, two fe- a female duo and they're still doing their thing. so yeah man that's great uh, Bonnie Artist is a I think South London artist I don't wanna, I shouldn't have said what part of London if I got it wrong <sighs> that's gonna be annoying but yeah no that was a that was a great project uh, I've been wanting to listen to that for a few weeks now and I finally got into that and obviously Missy Elliott's like, not, like, you know, what can I, it's Missy Elliott, it's Missy Elliott, it's, she's yeah. still doing her things, like, it's actually mad thinking about it now, like listening to that, and just listening to other people, it's like, she has a lot of children, <laughs> she has a lot oh of musical gosh, children, yes. this is actually mad, of yeah. just how much it sounds like other artists, and it's like, legend. but Missy did it first, yeah. so clearly, Missy's the mother there, but it's mad. Um... I'm just gonna list these off uh, just because I wanted to get to my main one. Uh, so I listened to, also listened to uh Brockhampton Ginger. Okay. Uh wasn't my favourite of the of the of the projects that have dropped under their name. Yeah. Um I think it was their best produced album in my mind. Yeah. I really enjoyed the production on here. Um, and I I think uh, lyrics-wise, I think it gets a bit lost on me, because I'm not, um, you know, that into Brockhampton that most people are, because everyone knows their names, and, you know, it's, it's, you know, like a boy band is, and, you know, if you know the names, you're more invested into it, the more you appreciate what they're doing, so clearly I'm not exactly in that realm, but, uh, you know, production-wise, I think it was their best project of wireless too, so far, so, uh, Heady One, Music and Road Mixtape, Drill, uh, UK Drill, uh, are the kind of, uh, kind of that, and, um, yeah, man, it's just, uh, it was actually quite introspective for uh, it, it was kind of, uh, unexpected in that, f- in that sense, it was very introspective in some tracks, but there were, there are some, just proper drill tracks, it's just great, uh, shout out to Skeptorinda Day for great features on that, <sighs> Raphael Sadiq's Jimmy Lee, uh, listened to that literally an hour ago, uh, it's a very very fascinating uh, just uh soundscaping it's just everything uh, The new songs just bled into each other but they were all different in some way it was very weird It was a very interesting experience uh, i'd like to get into that again uh jay tech uh midnight sunset um very independent artist i've been tracking for a few for about a year now uh finally dropped that first album and yeah that was uh, just great uh just great uh, introspective and storytelling bars uh, over some great uh, kind of lo-fi hip-hop beats. Uh, but yeah, I- I'm not complaining on that front. Uh, and have I gotten to all of them? Yeah, other than the one, which is <laughs> Rhapsody's Eve, and uh, boy, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, um, what can I what can I say about this other than top ten album of the year, lock. God, I'm putting yeah, that man. on my list immediately. Amazing! I, if it if my future self doesn't put it on this list, I might slap myself because crazy, <sighs> bro. It's just okay, I mean you 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 know me. Yeah, I've I've been I've been riding for Rhapsody for a good like since Lady Lady's Wisdom. Um, well, actually, even before that, actually, just uh, when when she when she dropped that complexion uh feature on Kendrick's oh, Twitter yeah. about a fly, I was just con- I was just on her immediately, and I've just been the the rise she has taken in the past few years is just is just glorious and you love to see it you love to see your artists do that and um, it actually brings me to like a uh, one tangent where like I saw a tweet uh, I think it was off a comment uh, of like a uh, you uh, tweeting about Young Thug and uh, how his uh, numbers have obviously risen astrono- astronomically in terms of album sales and someone said like uh, oh these are uh, fake Young Thug fans that uh, they they weren't there since the beginning I'm like so you don't want Young Thug to win? What's the deal here? You know what I mean? So I I don't care if you consider yourself a a day one or a day two two thousand Rhapsody fan. If you if you're on Rhapsody, like I'm seeing people finally finally realize, then that's just that's just gravy for me. So shout out to Rhapsody. Eve is just I can't I can't hype that. I can I can do a whole episode on that honestly. So uh, yeah, I, I just won't get into details. But yeah, that's that's a. That's a top 10 lock, bro. That's a top 10 lock.
0: Yeah, I'll give it a little bit more because, man, that album. Like, So I've actually been doing a lot of work during the week on Kid Cudi's discography. So I've had to listen to his entire discography a couple of times this week and Rhapsody dropped on Friday. And I was really locked into this uh, this Kid Cudi stuff. And Charlie's messaging me like, this is crazy. This is insane. I'm like... Charlie, just relax, man. I can't listen to it right now. Just give me a couple of hours, bro, because I'm really. Right. I'm just like, I just stop it. I I had to like almost sorry. mute him. I'm sorry, I almost had to mute him. So then, like, about about six hours later, I'm driving. Track by track breakdowns. Trust me. About six hours later, I'm driving to the shops with with Evon, and the whole way in the car the first like six tracks i'm just like oh shit and i was like i wish charlie was here and i pulled over at one point to leave him a voice message and my the the pitch of my voice was so high that i think only dogs could hear it i was just like this is crazy and man that album is just the production is insane like i love the production i actually ran through the numbers it took me two days to run through these numbers like, the amount of socially conscious bars, the empowering and motivational bars that she, she raps, and the name drops, the punchlines, like, she's carrying four separate themes through an entire album. Man, she is totally top tier. I, I asked Charlie, like, do people know about her? And, man, because I see it all over my timeline, but obviously I have a little echo chamber but, man, more people should be talking about Rhapsody in, like, top-tier conversations. Because that album is just... If you haven't listened to it, you never listened to Rhapsody before, just go and listen to it. Because, honestly, it's, it's top-tier rapping. Like, uh, male, female, 2010s, 90s, 80s. It doesn't matter, man. That's a, that's a, yeah. that's a great album from a great yep. MC. Yeah. Uh, So, I didn't get a chance to listen to a lot of others because I listened to that and and Cuddy. I did listen to Jeezy's uh, new album, TM 104. It's actually my favorite of the TM series, which is a bit weird because the first one's probably a classic. But I think Jeezy did really well on this project. Mm. Like, it's a little bit more diverse than some of his other stuff. It's very, very focused on trapping and and that kind of stuff, which is, you know, is on brand. Uh, I quite enjoyed that album. And mm-hmm. I, you know what? I never got to Rick Ross's Port of Miami too. I listened to it like two weeks ago, and I never spoke about it. But that album was actually pretty good. I was, yeah, I was, oh no. I was like that. <laughs> yeah, Charlie's like, yeah. Yeah, that that just slipped by us, didn't it? But yeah, man, like that album was actually your, your life. Your life is immediately less now now that you haven't done it. So. I know, man, yeah. I know. <laughs> but that that album wasn't that bad. Like if you if you get past the first like five tracks, which are garbage, uh, it's not that bad. So yeah, that's why I listened to this week. <laughs> <laughs> They're garbage, man. Like objectively, it's okay. just like stop talking about the same thing, Rick Ross. Like grow up. But he does grow up, so that's okay. That's fine. So that's what I listened to this week. So do you want to get into it? Yes, you you are you are introducing this week, so okay. you know, by all means. I'm pretty excited about this away. one. I'm pretty excited about this one because, so we're talking about storytelling in hip hop this week, and I'm not sure what sparked us to decide to go down this path. It might have been my tweet about Layla's wisdom and how much storytelling was on that, but I wrote an article earlier in the year uh, for Urban Legends. Shout out Urban Legends, they're part of Universal. And it was on Slick Rick's The Art of Storytelling, which was his last album. It came out in 1999. And in the course of writing and researching that article, I did a lot of research on storytelling. And it's it was really hard to get a storytelling percentage of that album because I believe that like most hip hop is storytelling. You know, most of hip hop is telling like giving a background or giving a story or a narrative or it doesn't even matter what the lyrics are. Like there's there's always a goal with those lyrics. There's always a mm-hmm. there's always a story to be told. And so it was really difficult to actually define what a storytelling bar is, but we can all it's like a, it's like a it's a subjective but kind of like a an intangible quality that a song or an album has. We're like, oh yeah, that's the storytelling. So you know, Slick Rick's first album is is a total classic. Uh, it's just like that that mm-hmm. and and what we're gonna do in this episode. I'll just explain what we're gonna do in this episode because just to give it a bit of structure. I think the start we're gonna have a look at what storytelling is and how I think hip hop has evolved. Well, I mean, hip-hop began as a storytelling genre, like it always was. It was telling a story of oppression and racism in African-American communities, and it's grown like exponentially from there, of course, but it still underpins a lot of hip-hop music, and it's still like the core value, whereas a lot of other music, you know, I'm not saying that they're not stories that people are telling, but... I think hip hop has just evolved into so mm. many different ways and, and so much more it's so much more intricate just because you can use so many more different words than you can in a pop song or a rock song. And so I think we'll define storytelling and then what I really, really am excited to look at is the way that it has changed over the years. So we'll look at the eighties, the nineties, the two thousands and the two thousand and tens. And the two thousand and tens is gonna be mm-hmm. a bit crazy, like you know, that's a really interesting development in hip-hop and especially in storytelling. But to get us off, you know, to the start, Mm. I want to just define storytelling a little bit. Now, there's a difference between what a narrative and a story is. Now, the story is the overall uh, well, I can't say it any other way it's like the overall story it's the story of the song now the narrative is the order and the, the words that are used to describe that story so when I'm talking about the percentages I'm going to give on certain albums I'm talking about the narrative based bars so the bars that are the way I said it is in this article i read it out I said a narrative bar is one that is part of a linear, consistent chain of events, a narrative that has characters and a concrete structure. It usually, you know, follows that narrative base of like a story which has a conclusion at the end and and uh, an antagonist and a protagonist, all that stuff. Um, and then there are categories to that, of course. You know, like Slick Rick was great with characters. Uh, you think about Kendrick Lamar and Good Kid, Mad City. There was a lot of uh, crime and violence on that. You think about uh, albums that have relationships, uh, autobiographical stories as well. So there's a whole bunch of, uh, of categories in that. But I think it's just when, mm-hmm. when we're talking about these percentages, because they might seem a bit confusing, we're talking about albums and songs that have a very, very distinct narrative structure. And that's how I define a narrative so yeah, what what are your thoughts on this topic, Charlie? Because you were the one that uh, that offered up this as a topic. What, what are you thinking around it?
1: Um, so my general thoughts uh, that kind of sparked my uh, idea to do this um, the, this particular episode and uh, maybe the next episode if we uh, feel if we feel like uh, extending. Um, I just. Uh, it's it's kind of like you said. We hip hop has the ability to utilize words more in a song. They have the ability to <laughs> pack more in, and because of that, it gives the it, it's just it just widens the canvas. So instead of you you know creating something that is you know on a on a piece of A4 paper, in comparison hip-hop is something like a, you know, an A1 canvas, where you can just, you, you just have more space, and that's kind of why I wanted to, why I wanted to explore the, just the concept of storytelling in hip-hop, because, like you said, there is a lot of, you can play fast and loose with the definition, Um you can, <laughs> if someone says on a track, you know, my name is whatever, <laughs> you know, that's, is that is that storytelling? Because they're they're telling this. They're about to say something that's about them. So, you know, it's you could play very fast and loose with it. But I think in this case, we'll probably just tighten it up in terms of um, you know stuff like like you said, like Good Kid, um, like uh, uh, anything Slick Rick has done. Uh, I actually listened to Kool uh, G Rap recently. Uh, I listened to some of his early stuff, and there is some. F- Finally, there's some great stories on there. It's just uh, I forgot the I forgot the particular album. Uh, I'll look it up as I speak. But yeah, it's, it's <laughs> there was one called uh, Operation CB, and just a spoiler, uh, just a spoiler. Spoiler alert: It CB means cock block, and. The the, the the story is is mad funny. It's basically just four minutes of Cool G rap just trying to get some, mm-hmm. and he keeps getting cock-blocked, and it's just great. It, it's, it's it's just glorious. It it made me laugh literally out loud while I was walking the dog. It was too funny. So, you know, it's, hip-hop can do that. Hip-hop can do that. You know, most of the time when we think of a storytelling uh, song or a storytelling album, so most of the time it's usually... Uh, you know there's always the depressing moments are usually the best ones if we're referencing good kid again um you know people keep referencing sing about me i'm dying of thirst it's mm. like eight minutes of just depressing shit <laughs> but you know there's also stuff like money trees and backseat th- freestyle which are a bit more upbeat but um yeah people harp on the more negative stuff and um you know that's just that's just life and just how we like to consume consume stories but um yeah it's a uh, it's a fascinating concept storytelling, adding to the fact that it we're talking about hip hop here, and the fact that we have that the artists have, you know, the, however long the song is, and they can pack so many words into it compared to other genres. It's really is obviously what makes hip hop unique, and it what makes their stories you know some of the best in music history
0: because they can just be very detailed if they really want to yeah the part you said earlier about if a rapper just says their name on a track like one of the points i noted down was you know rappers using rapper names like monikers, like jay-z and when Mm -hmm. 444 came out it was kind of like the first ever sean carter album because all the other albums had been under this rap persona and you know eminem was famous for that like slim shady uh, the D12 is just based around these characters that they created who would just say, I mean, that was the whole goal of it. It's like, we're just going to say the most outlandish thing we can possibly think of. It's not really us. You know, as Eminem said on Criminal, at the start of Criminal, he's like, um, you know, I'm not actually going to do this stuff. This is not actually the way I, I live and act. It's just part of, you know, part of the story. And that's why I do get very frustrated will not just frustrate a man angry when judges use rap rappers lyrics against them in a court of law or like lawyers use it against them it's like that's ridiculous man and you know we want it can be difficult to distinguish between what's real and what's not real there was a whole thing about rick ross kind of borrowing his entire persona from freeway ricky ross who was I'm not super familiar with Freeway Rick, Freeway Ricky Ross, but he was a I think a very big drug dealer from the 90s and you know they said that Rick Ross was a correctional officer and everyone was like, "Well, you know, his his raps aren't real." And we we place a lot of importance on authenticity in hip-hop. But at the same time, we celebrate the storytelling and narrative aspect of it, and a lot of it is the, the craziest thing about it is a lot of these stories are true and so when you actually sit down and listen to like a 50 cent album and you're like like you know uh get rich or die trying and some of the stories he's telling in that and you're like Those, these are true man this is rough like you went through some shit mm-hmm. like you went through some real stuff <laughs> and that's that is the essence and the beauty of hip-hop to me is like these stories are telling, and and however outlandish they may be, and and like to us anyway, uh, to people who never grew up in this situation, man, that's that's deep, that's really deep, and I think that's what sets it apart from other genres.
1: Yeah, and um, you know, it's been going on since the beginning, uh, in terms of hip hop. Like the first one I can think of is like um, the message, Grandma's Flash into Furious Fire Of course, like, yeah it's grandmaster flash and the gang saying, you know, what's going on in New York basically. Uh, yeah, you know, rubbish everywhere and all this and that what say, saying explicitly what's going on in the uh in well, in the Bronx specifically. And it kind of spirals on from there in my mind in terms of, you know, just overall hip hop history where uh At the time, I think, it was trying to show their reality. There was a moment where they just felt like this is a platform. Same way we're doing this in some way, you know, doing podcasts and stuff like that. We realize it's a platform to talk about the things we care about. And it's the same with music. It's the same with hip-hop in particular artists go into the booth and saying this is what I saw and this is why I see on the daily but be- on the daily now obviously you mentioned uh people like Rick Ross and um and that's kind of the reason why I don't mess with them in general because I just I just see the whole thing as a total fabrication in my mind um and but you know even with that said there are some there are some lyrics you can pick out of somebody's career, and it just it could like you know possibly uh i don't know indict a person oh or, just gosh, tell, yes. or just tell or just tell them that it's horrible or just, but... yeah it just tell it just tips off the police going, hmm, we should investigate that <laughs> I'm surprised that doesn't happen more often, but you know music brings that it brings that subjectivity of like you can believe if you want but in the grand scheme of things, it's not really factual, unless, I guess, there are, there's actual evidence for it, of, of actually happening, I'm not referencing anything in particular, I'm just, uh, you know, being overall about it, but, um, yeah, it is, it is fascinating sometimes, learning about, uh, and that's kind of the thing, I, I think that's why I said, uh, f- mad episodes ago, where, the thing I, one of the things I love most about hip hop is the fact that, you know, it's the ability to, for people to tell stories so vividly. And, um, yeah, it's been going, it's been going on since the beginning. And obviously you have, uh, you talked about, um, uh, there's a kind of an evolution there in over the decades. Um, I'm fascinated to see what kind of, um, how you kind of see that overall with the broadest scope. But, um, uh, well, I'd like to ask that, actually. <laughs> how did, how's that how that evolved in the broader
0: scope? Well, firstly, I like the fact you said we got mad episodes because we do. We got mad episodes. We've been out here. We're like episode twenty, <laughs> twenty one, I think. We've been Bro, absolutely. We've been on it. We've been on it. Yeah, we we've been on it. So that was interesting what you said about that because mm. my my brain started like thinking with regards to the different decades and how storytelling has evolved. And one of my favorite artists of all time is Biz Marquis. And like some of his songs, man, like just a friend mm. Pickin' boogers vapors. Like those were just total classic storytelling songs. And i really, I, there was, there was definitely a sense of authenticity in those stories from the eighties. Like you listen to paid in full and the, the, the way that they're speaking, it's like they're describing their day you know they're describing their day and and what they're going through and that that kind of stuff like i think that's why a lot of people place a lot of uh i guess influence at the feet of slick rick and i certainly place it there man i i definitely place it there like the great adventures of slick rick that was 64.6 percent of that was just narrative based bars which is high man that's really high and Slick kind of introduced this thing in the in the late '80s that hadn't yet really been taken up, where it was he started inhabiting personas and he started talking about characters and he started moving it away from just observational storytelling, where the rappers who'd been doing it prior, especially Biz Markie, were that you know that was it was narrative based, but it was more you know this is what I did today or this is what I went through or. This is a story I'm going to tell of a lived experience that happened to me. Whereas Slick Rick started looking at, uh, you know, introducing characters and introducing, I guess, maybe stories that you might ask yourself, is this true? Like, did this really happen? And then it started to get, after that, I think that was a pivotal moment in storytelling and narrative-based bars in hip-hop because... After that, it started going in all sorts of different directions, and I'm gonna give a lot of credit to NWA for that because, on Straight Outta Compton, you know, I think mm. who was talking about this? Someone was talking. It was was it you that said that you thought Compton was a was a, a jail? Was it you that said that? Was a what? Someone said that when they first listened to Straight Outta Compton, it might have even been on the Joe Biden podcast. I'm not sure. But they said they were listening to that album and they thought Compton was a correctional facility because the way they were talking, it was like they'd just gotten out of a correctional facility. Like the stories were so crazy and so like violent that they were oh, just okay. like that can't be that that genuinely can't be real. Like but it was about it was literally about Compton. Mm. And so what I noticed from there is that the stories got progressively more and I'm not gonna say exaggerated, I'm gonna say they got more vivid they got more visceral they got more they they just expanded into so many different directions it was like okay we don't have to just talk about what's around us right now it's like a comedian who does the have you ever noticed and then discovers that you can do skits and like all sorts of others (laughs) a million other things other than just observational humor and then it just expanded rapidly into the 90s Mm. and i think the 90s is where Man, storytelling just evolved really rapidly in the '90s. But what did you what did you feel about? Because because I think the eight like a lot of people say the '80s is the golden era of hip hop, and I have this kind of glow around the '80s where it just felt really uh, what's the right word? It felt very organic. It felt very pure and enjoyable and fun, and you could just sit down and just get lost in a story. Or lost in a very simple beat with a rapper just, you know, just talking about their day or talking about what they've been through or talking about what they were thinking. It was very simplistic, but it was very pure in that. So, mm. how did you feel about the 80s, like, with regards to that?
1: Mm. Well, I, I I, think, you know, that was the, that was the last decade in which uh, hip-hop was the art form more than the business. Yeah, Obviously once it yeah. came to the nineties and you could and you know, some people do say that the golden age is in the nineties. Uh I forgot who said it was like uh d I don't know, Vince Staples like trying to be in Vince Staples, going like, Ooh, that wasn't the golden age, yeah, no. Nah, nah, nah. And you know, you can say what do you say about that, what what, what decades the golden age, um it's up to you. But um, you know, that was the eighties was the time where the art form was evolving. And money wasn't the first priority, you know let's be real <laughs> it's the past, the the years after though the decades after that money's always been a a part of mm. everything yeah uh for better or worse, and the business side has always been a part of it for better or worse so the reason why people say the '80s is the golden age, just overall, is simply probably because of that. Because everything, like you said, was seemed, I guess, more organic, and people were focusing more on, you know, I want the I want the best album, or I just want the street cred, yada yada. It wasn't just, you know, I want the number one record, or I want I want platinum, <laughs> you know, I want platinum plaques. It wasn't about that, so. Um, in terms of storytelling, I guess yeah. yeah I mean, it's, it's kind of it's kind of you know you know people say that you know Shakespeare is the greatest storyteller of all time, and that dude was what <laughs> in like the 1600s of shit like that. Mm. You know what I mean? So that was hundreds of years ago. So if we we're going to link that to hip hop, then you know uh, you can you can say the best years, maybe probably I don't know maybe now, it's the most evolved, you know, people are doing, uh, I can reference someone like, uh, Saba, who did, a uh, uh, Prom King, like one of the best, uh, storytelling tracks I heard last year, and, you know, that was, that's, that's really up there, it's, it's a really great storytelling, uh, uh f- a song, but, you know, there's, there's, there are some, obviously, more iconic ones that you can name, um, uh, Biggs, uh, I think I've got a story to tell where he's talking about uh, uh, banging the New York Knicks uh, uh, player's wife, something like that. But um, yeah, it's it's one, It's just a matter of, it's just a matter of iconography. Had um, to reference me. Hey, that's uh, nice, a matter of that. Nice and, <laughs> He brought it back in. <laughs> brought it back in. That was clean. That was clean. <laughs> um, <laughs> pat on the back. And uh, yeah, it's just a matter of that, you know, uh, talking about what, you know, there's always a level of nostalgia put into that. Obviously, I wasn't, alive in the 80s so I can't really say that um, but uh yeah it, it, it depends how you want to link everything else how many more ingredients do you want to throw into this in terms of what's the best storytelling decade I can't really answer that there are many great story there are many great storytelling artists that have gone throughout the years um you can name how we can name so many um but yeah, answering your question, I guess that was the the point of the eighties is just uh, more about the art form, and that was probably the last decade where it was strictly about that. And you know, obviously, business was part of it. Um, if you watch the uh, Roxanne Roxanne, you know, she goes on tour uh, during that uh, during that time. Obviously, there's you know there was a money element in that. I want to go get this. I want to go get this, and you know, tour around. But once it became into the 90s and obviously more in the 2000s and even more so in the 2010s it's just more yeah <laughs> about the benjamins baby it's Diddy.
0: we're getting back to the pro- proletariat podcast here
1: yeah i know right it's your fault i know man <laughs> every
0: week every week i slide stuff in no i agree with you i agree i think the two, the 90s was like i think things got a little bit darker in the 90s you know gangster rap happened and People started to make money from hip hop, but then look back and be like, "Well, we're making money," but this is just from my from my opinion, by the way, just just an outsider's perspective. It was like in the early '90s, it was like we're just chilling, you know, we're making money, and we're but then in the kind of mid '90s, I give Illmatic a little bit of props on this because that was that album was way before its time. I think that was 34% storytelling, but the stories he was telling on that were more like. Yeah, we're making money, but the people around me aren't, and and that's rough. And I think that a lot of that, uh, I guess, frustration bled into the mid to late '90s. And then you've got just artists who embraced it fully, like Jay Z. And then you've got artists who were quite frustrated by mm. it, like D M X. Uh, you've got, you know. Like, I think Notorious Big's Gimme the Loot is one of my favorite storytelling songs of all time. Like, I didn't even know that was Notorious Big doing the other, ver- the, other, the other voice. I was just like, the whole time, I'm like, who is this guy? Who's this feature he's got on here? And then I went on to Genius. <laughs> it's like, what? That's Notorious Big as well? Like, that, was, that blew my mind. But I think the '90s was just like a huge. I mean, it was an. It, I do understand when people say that the '90s was a golden era of hip hop because it just expanded and exploded in so many different directions, and it was really beautiful. As soon as money came into the into it, it's like I don't know how to describe. We spoke about it on the major label episode, but it's it's great that art was monetized and that these people were able to just focus fully. On creating, rather than having to worry about everything else that comes along with you know being stuck in a capitalist structure and, and not really being able to just create your art free of earning money out of it. And so the '90s was a really interesting time. There mm. were some great storytelling albums. Hang on, let me have a look in here. Uh, we got in the '90s like Doggy Style, obviously, is a total classic. Like um, Murder Was a Case. This is some insanely good good songs on that. Miseducation of Lauren Hill. There was some storytelling on that, mostly around relationships and reminiscing over the past. Mm. Yeah, man, there was some. There was. Some, there was Wait oh, right Okay, now. okay, okay. Sorry, sorry. But then we we have. Uh, well, our cast was really great at just it. Just a hint. You know? Just a
1: hint. Just a hint.
0: Okay, I'm excited now. I'm really excited for the lighter note now. That's that's good. You've got me. You've got me all worked up. Um so Outcast was with Equemini was 46.7% E40 was doing it a lot Too Short was doing it a lot uh, Scarface of course mm. total legend you know mm. Scarface people people gotta put some respect on Scarface man like that's that's a top 10 rapper just the emotion mm, thanks, he was putting thanks. into his music was just thanks. unbelievable he was he was ahead of his time I don't, I don't know if anyone wants to go listen to his early 90s mid 90s stuff you gotta go listen to true. that stuff yeah, because true. yeah it was crazy um -hmm. and you know you look at like people who brought this forward and if you want to go listen to e40 in 2019 practice makes papers a great album but a lot of it adheres to those 90s values you know it's like a lot of knowledge being dropped uh a lot of observational stuff still but it's a little bit darker than it was in the 80s and just uh just a great Way of telling a narrative and a great way of like adding. I think the difference was, I think the difference was, and we'll get to this with the 2010s, but emotions started to really come into it and not just kind of a, a happy or like observational emotion or anything like that. They started to, the 90s rappers started to really put uh, some negative emotions into their stories. And if you listen to, you know, I, I wanted to do a little bit more research for this podcast so I could speak a little bit widely other than just Jay-Z. But to be honest, he's the person I know the most. Uh, I've listened to his discography a million times. Reasonable Doubt is a great, great, great example where he's giving both sides of hustling and he's giving both sides of, of, I guess, the life, as he called it, or the game. Where the positive side, where he's telling stories about making lots of money, you know, bawling out, going to Vegas. But then the negative side, where he's talking about anxiety, stress, depression, like questioning his own existence. Like, should I even be doing this? Like, can I live? Regrets. And I think that really exemplifies what Nas was doing on Illmatic and what happened in the 90s, where they started injecting some more negative emotions into the stories and really drawing the listener into just how hard it was growing up as a black person in America well, forever. I mean, it's always been fucking hard. But this is the first time that we were really getting a, a, a real slew of artists talking about just how fucked up it was over there during that time. And that that's the thing that struck me the most about the 90s.
1: And, you know, just as an additional point, we relied on the music for... To, to for the artist to tell us like you know how's it been <laughs> Like, well been what you've been up to you know it's, it's kind of you can you can sometimes use albums as a as a touchstone to where the artist is in that point in that point of time or 100%. the point of time during that re- their recording of the album like where where was that headspace um you know someone like dmx uh, if if that was a matter of you know social media and if he if he was like if he was dmx in if 90s dmx was in like social media times now like 2019 he would just be you would probably just be tweeting constantly <laughs> if it was just a young dmx you would just be tweeted just like you know just just you know just just tweeting random things i can imagine yeah. that yeah. but um we he, instead, obviously, he had the, he had the albums instead to say where he, to say where his head's at, and you know what's going down in his head. Um, the the storytelling comes from what they're thinking about. It comes from their own head. It comes from what they see and what they observe, like you said, observational storytelling. So we we used to rely on the albums themselves to tell us how that ice is doing or what the ice has been thinking about um it's all well and good to um uh give a do like a you know reference to to like a snoop dog like a gin and juice or something like that you know just a party anthem but we want to know what he was thinking during that murder case which mm. is why people enjoy murder was the case a lot yeah like, we want to know what was going down in your head like what's, what was going on um the reason why nwa is so timeless from a from a, a lyrical perspective, is because it was just a snapshot into L. A. at that time. It's the Ice Cube going like, <laughs> what's what's going on with the police? Uh, what's going on with gangster culture? Like, what is going on there? So. Um, and to get out of hip-hop a little bit since i keep saying what's going on marvin Gaye, what is going on you know he spends a whole album talking about the politics in america and being a black person in america at that time of recording of what's going on that's why what's going on is one of my favorite albums of all time because it's just such a great snapshot yeah but um you know it's, it's sometimes artists have to um, you know there aren't many artists that are constantly on social media. You know I can reference someone like um, I don't know Ari Lennox, who's well, I constantly seen on IG, just you know just uh, talking about random shit, which I enjoy. Um, but, you know just uh, as a as a fan, but uh, you know sometimes it's just it's just how can you how, how are you going to put that on? A, are you going to put this particular four on a track or whatever? So that sometimes they have to wean themselves, and that's why someone like Kendrick is you know just i i don't know what he's going to do next i really don't like he could he could he might do a whole album on you know fatherhoods cuz he's obviously a father now um uh he might i don't know what he's going to go for but we don't know because well he he's barely on so he's barely on social media so i kind of find that there's always that rever- reverence and that uh well, what's the word just anticipation of what is this is thinking about And what have they been thinking about in the years that they've been, or the months or whatever, they've been recording this particular album? And that's where the anticipation comes from. And when they give us something, uh, you know, that really big storytelling album, uh, that really big storytelling song that some artists have... I think that's a a big trend, actually. Uh, Just a side note. I think that's a really interesting trend seeing how some artists are using, uh, you know, five to ten minute tracks... To just just tell this you know fat story and just you know as as like use it and use that as the crown jewel to their album. Um, uh, J. Cole obviously did it for like for your eyes only. Um, obviously Kendrick's done it several times. Uh, I can mention a few more off the top of my head. Well, probably can't off the top of my head. But yeah, it's it's kind of, that's kind of interesting on the side note. But um, yeah, we kind of rely sometimes on the storytelling, which is a good thing. You know, the 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 more anticipation and the fact that you know that they are those kind of types where they want to tell these stories and they're up for telling these stories um which obviously links to my love for writing and my love for you know telling stories and readings and uh, listening to stories um excuse the plane uh, it's it's just one of those things and um having hip-hop artists do that not go on social media to tell their story but instead put it on wax first time and that's the first time we hear it just makes it all that much better
0: you said some crazy stuff in that man that was there was some gems in that so one thing that you said at the end there rhapsody inspired me (laughs) yeah she's just she's just giving giving back to the people because that was great uh, the, the thing that you said, because I want to do a podcast on this one day, is on concept albums. And you're right, there, are, there, there is a, a kind of a difference mm, between... Yes. There is a difference between... Uh, well, there's not a difference. I mean, a concept album is a story album. Like, there's a, there's a concept behind it and, and there's a... Well, not necessarily. Yeah. I mean, there are some things. Like, you look at mm, food by MF Doom. I guess it's, it, it's, a, it's a broad story of, like, I like food, but I guess the concept is food... And what I noticed with mm. with Eve was mm. especially yeah. with Eve listening to it and going into the lyrics, yes it's a concept album, but I wouldn't say it's explicitly mm. a story. It is it is telling a story. Don't get me wrong, man, that's definitely telling a story, but it's not really a narrative-based concept. You know, it's not a it's not a it's, linear it's chain broad.
1: of it's a broad it's a it's broad, broad thing, sco-
0: it's a broad thing. And so there's a difference between that and say something like American Gangster by Jay-Z where he does grab a persona, and it's like a linear chain of events throughout the entire album. Or you look at uh, when people have you know, Kanye with the college dropout, later registration, and graduation themes that ran through his first three albums where he didn't always touch on it in every song. It was was a loose concept that kind of held the whole thing together. Uh, So there is a little bit of a difference, and I notice that a lot more if we're going to talk just really briefly about the 2000s because I do want to get quickly to the 2010s where... And, and one point you said is very yes. important about that. But the 2000s was a very weird time in hip-hop where the start of it was kind of still gangster rap and still like a bling-bling era. And then we had like 04, 05 where everyone was just kind of like, what's happening now? And, and 50 Cent was like the last bastion of that 90s really grimy hardcore stuff. And Kanye West was coming through and people like Nas and Jay-Z were like, hip-hop is dead. Little Wayne was like, hip-hop isn't dead. You know, it was just a really it was a really weird time. And then we hit 07 when graduation beat uh, 50 cents. I think it was Curtis in that first week sales battle, and it definitely felt like a shift. And I think that shift is so pivotal to what happened mm. in the 2010s. And that shift seemed to be from giving a real uh you know 50 cent is a great artist to analyze he he did he did give his emotion but there wasn't a lot of emotion behind what he rapped about you know it was kind of like anger and aggression but even then he rarely let it bubble over into just full he didn't he didn't swim in his emotions you know he, he still presented rationally and a lot of artists in the 90s and early 2000s did that they presented how they felt about the stories they were telling but the the main thing was the story was the actual story of what was happening but Kanye West with 808 Kid Cudi on Man on the Moon all these like Drake obviously you know in the late 2000s uh really late 2000s they started to swim in their emotions and the emotion became the story and that's what I want to talk about with the 2010s quickly because Someone, someone tweeted about this. I've mentioned this on the podcast before. This tweet blew my mind. It was like, in the 80s and 90s, rappers used words to express what they were seeing and how they were feeling. Now, in the 2010s, rappers use vibe to explain how they're feeling. They use, rather than using words, they, they use emotion. And that kind of floored me because... It goes back into our death of the third verse thing. It goes into this, you know, where the beat has become a little bit more important sometimes than the lyrics. Where we're, you know, I even did Jeezy's numbers today, and 20.8% of his album is just ad libs. You know, it's like, how do you have like one in every five (laughs) words is an ad lib? And I asked my followers, you know, what do you think about this? Do you Mm. think rap's in a bad Mm. place? And a lot of them are like, not really, man. It, it doesn't really matter. But I think if you were doing this back in the 90s where an ad lib was, and I'm not saying Jeezy's not a good rapper, but like you look at Quavo and just Migos in general, they have a lot of ad libs on their music. It's like if you were doing that back in the 90s, everyone would just be like, why are you taking up so much space? You know, you should be spitting bars here. Like there's no need for these, these ad libs. Now it's bars are just not really important at all. And I, I don't even think rappers are putting out three verses on a single anymore because it's like no one has that attention span. no one wants no one wants to sit with those and think that hard and maybe social media has a huge role to play in this no one really wants to think that hard to follow a narrative and a story through three verses they want to feel and it's easier to feel for a longer period of time than think and maybe social media has a lot to do with that because i certainly notice and dj booth tweets about this all the time it's like People don't even read your tweet anymore. They just like, they skim read a tweet. Imagine skim reading a tweet. It's like 240 characters max, and you don't have the patience to, to sit down and read every word. You just skim read it. And so I think in the 2010s, you know, Kendrick is, is uh, immune from this because he's just an alien. Like, he's just ultra out of this world. But a lot of rappers are now using just vibe and emotion to tell their stories rather than the words that rappers were using in the eighties and nineties.
1: Yeah, um I'm trying to think of how to how vibe actually you know just saying vibe, what, what does that even mean? You know, just, it's a, it's a, yeah. you know I just a don't want to be too deep with it, but what what is vibe? <laughs> But, but, um, yeah, it's, it's just, I know what you mean, but um, in terms of, like, you know, production and just soundscaping in general and just, you know, how, you know, some artists uh, use their voice to, and, you know, this, is, this isn't this is new, you know, there was, you know, the whole um, genre of, you know, soul, R&B, you know, it's a, it's a lot of, you know, you could feel hurt in someone just going, ha, oh, you know, no, knows, you now, you so just, you know, hitting a high note, like, you know exactly how they're feeling, you know, so... You know, vibe isn't the worst. You know, avenue to display how you're feeling, but in the concept, in the context of storytelling, sometimes it isn't. I guess in my mind, isn't enough. It's just uh you know, vibe can be a dimension, but it shouldn't be the main ingredient. You know, so it's it's a it's a it's an accent. It shouldn't be the main color, so to speak. you know, if we're talking about if you look look at our logo right now for the podcast, you know, it shouldn't uh, <laughs> the, the 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 main core shouldn't be the black or the white on the or the, or the white text. It's the purple. <laughs> you know what I mean? That that's uh, the purple should be the overall theme of it in terms of telling the story. Um, I don't know why I'm using colors to tell story, but yeah, hope that hope that works for you guys. Um, so, so um, you know, it's so vibe can work you know, and in context of, like, you know, talking about the 2010s, and, uh, you know, obviously the 2000s is a, ugh, it really is a clusterfuck, <laughs> it really is, um, it's just it's just such a clusterfuck of everything, uh, you kind of explained it very succinctly, but, um, you know, obviously in the 2010s, people are, people are finding, I guess, different ways to say how they're feeling, but is that the same, and I'll pose this to you, is saying how they feel the same as telling a story um in that sense because you know it's it's fine to say how you feel but that's not in that's not exactly saying anything else other than i feel sad or i feel you know happy to quote pharrell williams you know it's a it's it's again it's a it's a it's an accent it's seasoning you know it's it's a little bit of cayenne pepper it shouldn't be the it shouldn't be the Four pounds of diced beef if so to speak yeah
0: that's a great question don't know I why i'm coming
1: up with these references bro <laughs> i'm
0: on fire what's going on man you're eating i don't know like eating colors today this is great i love it i love it but that i'm uh, watching MasterChef. <laughs> no i'm not <laughs> um there was actually i i didn't get to this but there's a great bar on the jeezy album he's like because uh, he's talking about you know cooking up and he's like, he he wants to pitch a show to the Cooking Network. I was like, man, that's that's a good bar. I like that bar. But uh, with regards to your question, I think the difference is context. I think a feeling is just, and 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 Fantano said it in his review, and I think this is uh, uh, his review of I don't know Ed Sheeran's garbage album, whatever the hell that was. Uh, it's the it's the way that hip hop is now coming closer and closer to pop. And Fantano said something I have never been able to work out, but I've always felt. He's like, Ed Sheeran makes music designed for you. It's so bland and so generic. It's designed for almost anyone to project their emotions and their story onto the song. Okay, so Ed Sheeran is just giving you... He's Mm. giving you a canvas, and he's giving you, like, the paint to paint it with. But you have to paint it yourself, right? Now because a lot of his songs and a lot of pop songs i feel they're giving emotion and feeling without any context without an actual narrative structure now i still feel that that is a story but again it goes back to there's no narrative to that you know it's there's no beginning there's no end there's no linear thing there's no conclusion there's no resolution there's no like what what started you down this path why are you feeling this way and i think that's why hip-hop now is I think that's why people struggle with it a little bit now I don't have really a problem with projecting my own uh, situation and my own emotions onto a song and my own story I think that's the important thing my own narrative I think this pop music is people will project their own narrative onto a song and be like oh my god this song speaks to me so much it's like yes and it speaks to like seven billion other people because it's like breathing air it's like you go outside and breathe air you're like wow this air is really, really hitting the spot. I'm like, yes, because we need air. Like we need stories. We need like something to, to, to help us feel. And so the difference is, you know, there are still some artists that are doing it well, but I think the difference is that's where hip hop's heading a bit more towards pop is when they're not really giving a, a context or a narrative around their emotions. I think it's still a story, but I don't think it's, as you say, it's like, it's the, it's the garnish. It's not, it's not the main dish like how how can you how can you really dig into that like you know there's the the artist isn't really giving us anything except oh, this is how I felt, but like you feel it about what, like what happened to make you feel that way, you know?
1: Yeah, um actually it's kind of funny in terms of like the edge here and it reminded me of that uh, Family Guy episode where Brian makes a book called uh, Wish It Wanted It Do It and it's just like fifty pages of just like just write your dreams. <laughs> 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 write your <laughs> dreams on a piece of paper. That's literally it. Just wish it want it do it. Um <laughs> I mean, as an overall point, um to finish up uh, my p- my particular uh, side of things. Um did you did you really answer the did you answer the the the, the question I posed to you just just a side note.
0: I think yeah I think it is still telling a story because I think, I mean it's a story. It's just like a completely a completely incomplete. It is an incomplete story. It's like we we don't know what started you down this path. We don't know. It's just like a snapshot of an emotion mm. in the middle of a narrative that we have not gotten, and and that's why it can feel pretty it, unless you project your own narrative onto that it's like well you're always going to be and and for you as a writer this is probably like really frustrating because it's like well, you're this is might be lazy like you haven't done anything here you've just said oh i feel sad today but why yeah. like you haven't you haven't filled that out at all mm. you know you've just said i feel sad yeah. like imagine if you text your friend and then they say uh you just say hey man I, I'm having a really great day, one of the best days of my life. And that's it. You don't say why. You don't tell them the next day what happened. Like, you're just like, well, why? Like, what's the point of that? And I think that's why, unless your friend is like, I don't know, creates a narrative in their own head and is like, oh, wow, Ben got to 100,000 followers today. Like, it, it's just weird, you know? Yeah, that's what I feel.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Um, I think my, I think the point I retort to that, um, is th- there, are, there are plenty of other avenues to go down as it pertains to telling a story. And I feel like a vibe or, um, or, or just, you know, a uh, uh, humming, whatever, um, is you know it's 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 a it's a good it's a good place to start. It's a good place to start. Yeah, you, you caught it. You caught it. <laughs> um, just, that's a that's a very inside joke. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's it's an ingredient. Like I said, it's an ingredient. But there are so many ways you can get into it more. Like I, I, I'm I'm about to reference Kendrick more than you reference Jay Z. I swear, but you know, that's fine, man. Uh, referencing um you or you know something like that. Where he has not just the lyrics, but also the vocal delivery, the performance, you know, you know, the the sound effects of him drinking and, you know, loving you, loving you, not loving you, you know, there's emotion there, there's more put into it. And, you know, you can go back to, you know, 90s R&B, which is why, why that was so iconic as a particular point in American music is because so many of them artists found a way to just, tell whatever they were telling and put the emotion into it and you could feel it it you know this uh, if you if you if they wanted to, you to make babies they'll get you to make babies if they wanted you to cry they'll make you cry um, they just had that uh, ability and I, I I sometimes don't get that sometimes with um uh you know that I don't want to say just this particular generation of hip-hop but um because uh, there there are many others that I could, um, you know, there are many negatives you can give to the other decades, which I won't bother going into. But, um, you know, this it is something that I find that is missing sometimes where I just don't find vibe enough. I'm sorry. I don't know if that's just me being uppity. I don't know if that's me being um, having uh, a higher threshold, I guess, in terms of wanting more. Um, but... You know, I like what I like, and uh, sometimes it's just not—it's just not enough for me. Um, uh, it just, 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 just going—you uh, know—I'm—I'm—I'm I'm, I'm sad or whatever. This is no. This is no reference to anybody, by the way. It's just, just a generic saying. You know, saying I'm sad. It's like, okay, tell me more. <laughs> you know, and then just, and just saying, ah, oh, three for three minutes on a track. It's not it for me. It's not it. So. Um, Storytelling is always some like I've said before many times. It's something. It's it's probably one of the top three reasons why I enjoy hip hop so much. Um, The way people, the way some artists uh, of of yore of yonder have been able to tell their stories and to um, paint the picture so vividly. uh the reason why I, f- uh, I forget the reason actually why I wanted to bring up this particular topic as for the episode was because um shout out to Punch uh president of ah. T D I forget I forgot his yep. um I hey, forgot man. his uh, place in the hierarchy. Shout, of out, TD. Punch. But, yeah. shout out Punch. Yeah, he, uh, he, uh, he, yeah. Yeah. yeah, Shout out to Punch. Shout out to the Punch. But um, yeah, he he said um he asked uh, slick rick or Nas in terms yep. of best storyteller and you know yep. you can you can form your conclusions on that i'll probably say nars um in some aspects but slick in others yeah um but that's kind of why i came to the uh, wanted to talk about this in general was simply because it's just like that's just scratching the surface <laughs> like there are so many amazing storytellers and uh, sometimes it's not even their forte but um you know dmx isn't known for storytelling quote unquote you know in the, in the general sense but he's told some really boss stories and um Somebody like Immortal Technique that I constantly think about when I think about hip hop storytelling, um, especially the tracks "You Don't Know" and uh, "You Never Know" and uh, Devil. Uh, what's it called? Devil, Devil, something. Oh damn, I've forgotten the name. But yeah, those those tracks are so fucking vivid. It scares me. Mm. <laughs> it scares me how vivid they are. They actually put me to tears like the first time I heard them. Um, and that's something that. You know, Dance with the Devil. That's the track. Just listen to those two, and I guarantee you'll cry for one of them. I won't tell you which. But um, yeah, you know, there are there are many. You know, there are people like Bob Dylan that can do it. um, That have done it in terms of storytelling, and that have paved the way in terms of blueprint. It's not just hip hop. Obviously, there are many other people in other genres that have been able to tell great stories. Um, But hip hop is just it's it's just another level for me. It's just another level.
0: Yeah, just, just super quickly to, to conclude. I agree with you with regards. I guess uh, I think the difference between... Uh, with When I'm talking about this, I, I mean like vibe and, and emotion. And I think the great thing about hip-hop is we already have, what, 30, 40 years of history of just fantastic lyricism and storytelling and, and uh, like deep, intricate narratives. Yeah. And so when... We come to the 2010s and especially the last three or four years where this vibe has taken over it's not the scariest thing to me because firstly I quite like that I do have a lot of my own narratives and I like to project them onto music and make me feel it it definitely makes me feel something you know and so I think it's a lot in a lot safer place than pop where that's all they've ever had you know this is all they've ever had whereas hip-hop has such a strong foundation to fall back on. And so many artists are still creating that kind of music. You know, look at Kendrick at the very pinnacle of commercial success. And, you know, artists were doing this for, for decades. Like Scarface and Beanie Siegel have been doing this, like adding a vibe and an emotion and a feeling to a story as well. And hip hop, hip hop will never, like we spoke about this a couple of weeks ago, hip hop can never die, It can never fail. Because even if... Uh, a bunch of artists and we're seeing this now where artists are really tapping into this and then breaking off from the entire genre. Like a lot of people used to call post Malone hip hop, but he's just not man. He's pop now because there's no, there's no hip hop (laughs) value left in that, in that artist. Like he just doesn't rap. He doesn't, he doesn't adhere to just the genre of hip hop. And I think because hip hop's uh, foundation is just so strong and so powerful any artist that's gonna go too far down this pop path and Juice World was a little bit of people were, you know, starting to put him in this category as well, they're just gonna break off and go and, and be classed as pop. And I'm totally okay with that. Like, it's fine to to be classed as pop and I, I just don't think I don't think it's gonna be a negative thing for hip hop at all. So yeah, uh, I yeah, I don't have much else to say. Like that, just kind of sparked my thought on that. But yeah, storytelling in hip hop is definitely one of the reasons that drew me into it. And uh, man, such a great genre! Such a great genre! I'm glad we get to talk about this genre every week. It's so amazing.
1: Yes, we are true. We are truly blessed. Which brings me to a lighter note, and um, I just want to, you know, say it quickly. Um, it's pretty simple. It is currently uh eleven fifteen, well eleven sixteen pm, twenty fifth of August as I record. So it's still time to say that the Miss Education Lauren Hill is a top five album of all time and you can't debate me on it. Okay, guys? Okay, guys, <laughs> it's it's okay. We have to just be resonant of the fact that Lauren Hill may have done one album. We're not gonna count that unplugged album, let's just stop that she made one album, one solo album, and it was a piece of freaking genius, it's, it's, the, it's, it's literally pure cut diamond, okay, name me, a, name me an album that incorporates hip-hop, that incorporates soul, that incorporates reggae, that incorporates R&B, and incorporates gospel, five distinct genres in one album, okay, Name me another album that does it, and if you can, which I haven't in, in the past years, I've asked this question. Nobody's nobody's given me one, but if you do manage to ever find one, is it better than *MisEducation*? Chances are no. So I just wanted to say happy birthday to the *MisEducation* Lauren Hill, the album, not the person. Uh, but also shout out to Miss Lauren Hill. Um, I saw that I saw her live last year, and I'm still just. I still I still I'm still gas thinking about how I actually got to experience that um, of how rare that opportunity is. And just listening to this album back and shout out to Cole Kutchner who did uh, the uh, Miseducation uh, episodes of Dissect. And yeah, it's just just every facet of that album, man. Just every facet of that album is just is just crazy. And uh, I can't I can't praise I can't praise the album enough. It's in my top five hip hop album of all time. Top five albums of all time in music in general doesn't matter what genre, it's just absurd. So shout out to Miss Education, Lauren
0: Hill. I remember about maybe a month ago I was going through a pretty rough time psychologically, and I hadn't listened to Miss Education in a while, and it might have been two months ago actually. And you'd been talking about it a lot on the podcast, and I was like, man, I should really go back and and re listen to that album. And I swear, I must have listened to two Zion about. <laughs> 40 times in three days like i just kept running it back running it back running it back and i'm just like and then it goes into doo-wop and i'm like oh man this album bro it's just yeah lauren hill is an absolute queen that album is incredible like truly incredible and I actually went back to the score by the Fugees. I think a couple of weeks ago, <laughs> I'm texting Charlie. I'm like, "Why did Lauren have to do Wyclef and Prass like that? Why? Why did she have to just come on there? And every single time <laughs> her vocals came in, it's like she just slayed everything. Like no one could right. hang. No one could hang with yeah. her on that album. And no one, you know, no one could hang with Lauren Hill if she's in peak form. There's no the one. Standing alongside her because you might be able to spit next to her, but then she'll just start singing, like soul singing, and you just be like, "Oh man, I'm done, I'm out." Like, just yeah, I'm. I I always wonder about it. You know, we did on the on the the unicorn podcast. Like, I don't know, man. I'm I'm pretty happy with just getting miseducation. Like, we don't (laughs) what 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 do we need? Like, I know it would been fantastic to get more music from her, but. I don't know that we needed anything else like that's just a statement. Like that's always going to be a statement for the rest of well f- for the rest of human history however long that lasts but yeah, I mean that's that's a top tier. That's that's a top tier album that one.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, uh I forgot what age she uh uh dropped the album, uh but, you know, maybe it will take a, you know, uh some say that when someone drops an album, uh, their first debut album, sometimes that is really, you know, their past 20 or so years or however they old they were at the time. You know, all of that, all of them years, all of them decades of of learning or whatever and, and experiences is put into that one album and Miseducation is, is the epitome of that. So if that's the case, then maybe you'll take another 20, five or so years however old she was at the time um to drop another one of just having another you know couple of decades of experience maybe that's what it takes um but yeah uh, if you want to if you're more on that uh just hit the uh rap unicorn episode is one of my favorite episodes and also just a one more a small one shout out to miss uh nicole hannah jones uh who has uh dropped uh, new york times uh a writer at the new york times uh, she's dropped a amazing uh, piece called "1619," and it's uh, about um, uh, basically the. Uh, four, it was recently the four hundredth anniversary of uh, the technical beginning of uh, slavery in the U.S., and she's done an amazing just piece on the New York Times about it all, and just a kind of amazing talking about storytelling again, amazing. Uh, telling of the story of slavery in the past 400 years uh those past 400 years and um she's also there's also a uh, going to be an audio series based on it and if I've, I've already listened to a bit of the first episode and if if it is anything like the writing then this might be the greatest podcast <laughs> that is a name digging in the digital what's good because <laughs> jesus geez man this is Imagine that, just having four hundred years of just uh, of just information, and then you have to put that in a podcast. I can't wait to see what she does with that. So that's amazing. uh, Big
0: up, uh, big up, Nicole for that. I'll check that out. Oh, just just quickly, just 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 some quick math because you did make a point there. So Lauren Hill was twenty two when Miseducation dropped. Uh, She's now forty four. And so, if she did need another 22 okay. years, it sounds to me like Charlie's predicting that we will get a Lauren Hill album in the fourth quarter of 2019, and I'm here for it, man. Let's put on wax. I'm here for it.
1: See, see see this is the, prob- this is the problem with um, working with someone who works with numbers, <laughs> constantly fact-checking me. God damn it.
0: No, man, that's good. Okay, <laughs> you, yeah, all right, right let's not right. do
1: that. I'm not predicting a Lauren Hill album. <laughs> Dude, this is I'm not this, predicting a Lauren Hill album, okay? This is this is <laughs> it how never bad. happened. I've i I've,
0: I've kind of made my bet on that. So This is what I hate as a statistician so much because I'm a pure statistician. <sighs> like if anyone knows I'm I'm doing everything to give you the actual facts. Whereas most statisticians will use statistics like that, and then they'll drop an article and say, it took Lauren Hill 22 years to release her debut album. It's now been 22 years since then. So a new album's coming in 2019. And you know how much engagement that will get? It will get so much engagement because it's stupid. Everyone will be like, oh my God, mathematics figured out. It will be like, mathematics figured out. I'm like, mathematics didn't figure shit out, you idiot. <laughs> no that's not how it works you can't use statistics on a subjective thing so oh man but if she does drop hey man it came from here first
1: yeah man don't make me cough. Don't, don't make me laugh. I'm, tr- I'm trying uh, to keep down the cough a cough. <laughs> if it actually, actually happened, I'll I'm, I'm, I'm be saying all that. Right? I'll be saying all that. Oh, don't, don't be doing that. I'm not. T- don't take that seriously. I'm not. I'm not actually predicting. But if it does, I'm taking full fucking credit. Oh, yeah. Trust
0: me on that. <laughs> Hell yeah, man. We're time stamping this shit. It's full
1: damn credit. It'll be out there. <laughs> I'm I'm ed- I'm gonna edit this episode back just so just so I don't mention the fact that I don't think it will happen. Uh, it yes, happens. do that. Just cut it out. It, it's, it, <laughs> if it happens. If it happens, I'm gonna go straight back and edit this. Going, guys, I called it. Guys, I called it. I fucking <laughs> called it. <laughs> Bow to me, anyway, um, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> uh, Self gas over. Uh, Self potential. Uh, uh, preemptive gassing over. Uh, this has been digging the digits. Uh. <laughs> I've been uh, Charlie Darmus of the Fifth Element. <laughs>
0: I've been Ben Carter of Hip Hop Numbers.
1: We hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, <laughs> we, shall be, we, we shall be back next week uh, with a brand new episode as usual. Until then, have a good week, everybody, and we shall try and do the same. Until then, take it easy, ladies and gentlemen.
0: Uh, peace. Digging in the
1: Digits is produced by me and Ben Carter. The show was edited by me. Music for this show, piece from video games by bonus points. Thanks to Hop Records for the ability to use. Socials for The Fifth Element, Hip Hop By Numbers, Bonus Points and hop Records will be in the description wherever you're listening. This has been The Fifth Element Podcast Network and Hip Hop By Numbers collaboration. Thanks for spending the time with us and we shall see you next time on Digging in the Digits.